0: What's the command of God to King Samuel? Utterly destroy what? The Amalekites. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? But rushed upon the spoil and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Then Samuel, then Saul said to Samuel, I did. Say I did obey. I did obey the voice of the Lord and went on the mission on which the Lord sent me and have brought back Agan, king of Amalek and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But let me ask you, if God tells you to kill all of the Amalekites, what does that mean? Everyone. Did he kill Everyone. But he did. He says, Look, I have destroyed, I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. That is King Saul. What did he say? I obey. Did he obey? Yes. Ah. Somebody's awake. (laughs) He obeyed. He destroyed the Amalekites. Except, he spared. Agar. And who is Agar? An Amalekite. Therefore, my question is Did he obey all? No. No. In his eyes, what is his answer in verse 20? I did. I obeyed. Now, this is just one sample of how Saul, thinking to himself that he is really obedient. Prior to this, he was told by Samuel Go. To give God, wait seven days. Then I will arrive, and I will offer the burnt offering, and I will anoint you as king. He waited seven days. Samuel had not come. The enemy was there. He became nervous. He offered the burnt sacrifice. He crowned himself king. But I wait. matter of fact. I killed all of the Amalekites. Huh? All? Ah, hindi But, guys, eh, God, all? Eh, all? So, what happened? Samuel said, Has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heal than the fat of wrath we according to Matthew 28 18-20 as we make disciples we are to teach them to obey all because God said to obey is better than sacrifice so what happened For for rebellion is as the sin of divination and insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, He has also rejected you from being king. King Saul, no heart. No heart for God. He was proud. In his mind, he's obedient. In his mind, you see, pride is like body odor. Everyone around you knows you have body odor, except except you. No, no, no. You tell a person, you know I think you're very proud. I'm gonna have me and then you tell me I'm proud. <laughs> King Saul, you did not obey. I obey. Oh.
1: Ninety-nine
0: point nine 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 Ba na. It's still Disobedience. And God demands complete. Obedience. Saul had no heart for God. The next king that we're going to discuss, King Solomon. King Solomon, on the other hand, unlike King Saul, had a divided heart. King Saul, no heart. King Solomon had a divided heart. He started right. You remember the video clip I showed you last week of that relay? Yes? Yes. The U.S. was leading hands down. They start Bang! Hand up, hand up, hand up. eh, Hands down. They already had the gold. But did they finish? No. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. Solomon started really, really well. He really started well. Look at what happened. God said to Solomon, Because you had this in mind, and did not ask for riches, riches, wealth, or honor, or the life of those who hate you. Nor have you even asked for long life. But you have asked for yourself wisdom and knowledge, that you may rule my people over over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge have been granted to you, and I will give you riches and wealth, and honor such as none of the kings who were before you has possessed nor those who will come after you did he start well? when he was given the opportunity God told King Solomon King Solomon what do you want? I will give it to you his answer Lord just give me the wisdom how you want me to lead your people He had a good heart. All he wanted was wisdom. And that was the promise of God to him. Since you only asked for wisdom, you did not want riches, you did not want a long life, you did not want me to destroy your enemies, all you want is wisdom, not only will I give you wisdom, I will make you the wisest person on earth, not even anyone before you, or will come after you, you will be the richest person on earth, even before the kings before you and the kings after you. He started well. He was very humble to ask, Lord, just give me wisdom. You know, if you don't know what to do, may I suggest you ask wisdom. You know why? Because the Bible tells us that if any anyone lacks wisdom. He must ask. And he will be supplied that wisdom. In abundance. I would rather wait. That God reveal his wisdom to me. Before I take action. Rather than taking action. And to suffer the consequences. Of those actions. Solomon. Started well. This is why you have the term. Solomonic Wisdom Do you remember the story When there was one baby And two mothers And both of them were claiming That the, children, the child who was alive Was dead, was hers The other one who lost the child At birth was also claiming That child to be hers What did Solomon say? Hey, no problem, get me the sword We will split the baby in half Half to you, half to you And then one said, no, do not kill the baby, just give it to her. And then what did he say? Give the baby to the one who just said, give the baby to her. Why? That is the real mother. Because the real mother will not want the child to suffer or die. So never mind if I lose the child, give it to the other one. Solomonic wisdom. He was the wisest man on earth. Why? Because all he asked was wisdom. But in the graciousness of God, he was also blessed with so much riches. Now he started well. However, in First Kings eleven, now King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hebridean women. I mean, United Nations <laughs> <laughs> from the nations concerned he, even he, 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 important from the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the sons of Israel you shall not associate with them nor shall they associate with you why are they ugly why for they will surely turn your heart away after their gods. but what did solomon do solomon held fast to these in love he loved them so never mind what god has to say i am in love <coughs> <laughs> You get married to the wrong person you have the honeymoon the day after you wake up to your nightmare <laughs> God told Solomon not to marry these people do not have any associations with them why these women are going to pull you away from me and draw you to worship their gods and when you worship another god what does god Call that idolatry. Do not marry these women. But what did Solomon do? Mahal right? Do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. For what does light have to do with darkness? What has God have to do with Baal? Mahal Read your Bible. What does it say about our heart? The heart is deceitful above all things. I'm the king. I can have whomever I have. Okay. He had seven hundred wives. Princesses and 300 concubines, and his wives turned his heart away. Now, some of you are thinking, oh, pwede pala eh. <laughs> Not everything in the Bible is prescriptive. When you say prescriptive, it is commanded to you. This is a narrative or a descriptive. This shows the life of King Solomon. So, do not use this to say, Pastor, I need 699 more. (laughs) Because Solomon had 700. Okay? That's not what this is telling us. This is telling us that Solomon, his heart was so divided that he did not want to listen to god and violated the command of god not to marry these people and in excess he had 700 wives 300 concubines that's a thousand women <laughs> Husbands, one is already okay I, I will leave the okay i will not finish the sentence one is... Okay, what is it now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't want to get in trouble. What is it now? 700 plus 300 concubines. Mm-hmm. But what's the issue? These women turned Solomon's heart away from God. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away after other gods. Why? His heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord is God. That's why Solomon had a divided heart. For Solomon went after when he's old now. When Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, after Milcom, the detestable idol of the Ammonites, Solomon did what was even in the sight of the Lord and did not follow the whole Lord fully. Sounds like Saul, right? As David, his father, had done. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemos, the detestable idol of Moab on the mountain on the east of Jerusalem, and for Molech, the detestable idol of the sons of Ahom. Thus also he did for all his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. Now the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after the gods he did not observe what the Lord had commanded his heart was divided he did not love the Lord fully so what did God do? so the Lord said to Solomon because you have done this and you have not kept my commandment and my statutes I have commanded you I will surely tear the kingdom from you and will give it to your servant. Nevertheless, I will not do it in your days for the sake of your father David, but I will tear it out of the hand of your son. However, I will not tear away all the kingdom, but I will give you one tribe to your son for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem which I have chosen. You see, the grace of God still overpowers, still overcomes. You don't want to obey me? Okay. But because I made the promise to your father, King David, I will preserve one tribe. And because of my promise to my chosen Jerusalem. You see, if God just cut off the tribe, then the genealogy, oh yeah, the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I have eyes in the back of my head. That's what I mean. <laughs> the genealogy of Jesus Christ will not be complete. Because Jesus is described in the Bible as the son of David. And what if the line was cut? If God removed all of the kingdom from King Solomon no more genealogy right so what did God do preserve it. one, because I'm still going to see my promise through that Messiah will come and he's called what the Lion of Judah so you have King Saul the king with no heart you have King Solomon the king with a divided heart and we have in the middle Samuel said to Saul, you have acted foolishly. You have not kept the Lord's commandment of the Lord your God, which he has commanded you. For now the Lord has established your kingdom over Israel, but now your kingdom shall not endure. The Lord has sought out for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has appointed him ruler over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you so now we are introduced first king Saul, the third king king solomon who is missing king david king david is described by the lord god himself as a man after god's own heart why would king david be described this way was he such a good and perfect king well let's see Then it happened in spring, at the time when the kings go out to battle, that David sent to Joab, his servant. And they destroyed the sons of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David stayed in Jerusalem. Many of us know the story of David, how he killed Goliath. With what? Right? Saul was very proud. The kingdom was taken from him, it was given to David. David is described by Samuel the prophet, a man after God's own heart. Victory after victory was given to David. Here in 2 Samuel eleven, it happened to be spring. This is the time that you know people go to war. Joab was winning, his general was winning. Where's David? David stayed at Jerusalem. There, my friend, you already have a problem. How can you be a king leading from behind? If you are a king, you should lead from the front. Yes? When your people, when your soldiers see you in front, they will follow. Yes? But where was he? Oh, Joab. You defeat the enemies, okay? How about you, King David? Uh, I will stay in Jerusalem. Now when you stay behind, and you have nothing to do, and you're the king, you have a recipe for disaster. Now when evening came, David rose from his bed and walked around the roof of the king's house. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful in the appearance. You have nothing to do. You walk around. Oi! <laughs> <laughs> in the first place, my friends, what the, what is this woman doing, naked, bathing outside in the open? All right. Not the king. You know how oh, I want to survey my kingdom. Oi! she's beautiful so David sent and inquired about the woman and one said is this not Bathsheba the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite so who are we introduced Bathsheba what is the marital status of Bathsheba married Mary? she's married and the husband is Uriah, the Hittite. You're the king. You have already many wives. You have already many children. What's your name? But she David sent messengers and took her. She came to him, he lay with her, and when she was and when she has purified herself from uncleanliness, she returned to her house. The woman conceived and she sent and told David and said, I'm pregnant. Hmm. Problema. You are free to choose you are not free to escape but consequences of your choice. Now I have done this thing. I have violated this woman who belongs to someone else. Now she is pregnant. Now my problem is becoming bigger. So far, what problems or what sins has David already committed? Adulter. Now, the is pregnant. What will I do? Then David sent to Joab, his general, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. So Joab went, sent Uriah to David. When Uriah, when Uriah came to him, David asked concerning the welfare of Joab and the people in the state of the war. Then David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. And Uriah went out of the king's house, and, and the present from the king was sent out after him. What did David do? Call for Uriah. Who is Uriah? Husband. The husband. What was his intention? Hmm. If the husband lay with the wife, oh. It is natural for Mathsheba to be with child. Why? She had relations with her husband. So Joab sent back Uriah. Oh Uriah, how's the war? You see, he's leading from behind. He should have been leading from the front. How's the war? Oh, why don't you go? Relax Mona. Go home. Ligo Go home. And then there was a present from the king that was sent out after him. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord and did not go down to his house. Now, why? Now, when David, when they told David, saying, Uriah did not go down to his house. David said to Uriah, "You have not... Have you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? Why did you not sleep with your wife? Uriah said to David, The Ark and Israel and Judah are staying in temporary shelters and my Lord Joah and the servants of my Lord are camping in the open field. Shall I then go to my house to eat and drink and to lie with my wife? But your life, by your life, And the life of your soul I will not do this thing Uriah was more honorable Than King David There's a battle going on People my general is there Some of my soldiers are dying In battle and you want me to go home Go home, shower, eat lay with my wife I swear to you I will not do this Then David said to Uriah Stay here today also and tomorrow And I will let you go So Uriah remained in Jerusalem the next day and the next. Now David called him and ate and drank before him and he made him drunk and the evening went out to lie on his bed with his Lord's servants. Problem. He did not go down to his wife. David, King David, the man after God's own heart is manipulating circumstances so that Uriah would lay with his wife so that he could cover up his sin because Bathsheba is pregnant now in the morning David wrote a letter to Joab it was not working he even got him drunk did not work because Uriah did not go down to his house and could not lay with his wife and could not cover his sin so what did David do now in the morning David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by hand By the hand of Uriah, he had written in the letter saying, Place Uriah in the front line of the fiercest battle and withdraw from him so that he may be struck down and die. Who is the messenger of this note? Uriah. Give this note to Joab. And what is the note about? Set up. Set up Uriah to die. So it was as Joab kept watch over the city, he put Uriah in the place where he knew that there, there were valiant men. The men of the city went out and fought against Joab, and some of the people among David's servants fell, and Uriah the Hittite also died. Deception, adultery. How do you add to that list? Murder. Murder. You see my friends, if you do not settle the sins really your sin will beget another sin and now you have two and that will beget another sin and you will yet beget another sin and you'll beget another sin and before you know it, the lie that you're living becomes your truth Be careful Settle matters quickly with the Lord Deal with sin right away. Look at what happened to King David. One after the other. Now, murder. Not only that. Now when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. She mourned. But when the time of mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife. Then she bore him a son. But that thing that David had done was evil in the sight of the Lord. How can this guy be a man after God's own heart? Adulterous. Deceiver. Killer. Right? But God sent the prophet. Nathan was when. Nathan went in. And then. This is what the When he was found out. When he was. David was found out. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household. I am going to bring calamity on you. Before your very eyes I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you and he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. What you did it in secret but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. Then David said to Nathan I have sinned against the Lord. You see the difference between Saul, David and Solomon is this. When David was held accountable for his sin what did he do I have sinned against the Lord he did not make excuses oh but I obey King Solomon but I loved them David guilty as child I have sinned against the Lord and if you read the entire life of David He did not do this sin again. See, true repentance will manifest in a changed life. David repented. So everything is good? Let's take a look. Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because by doing this you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the Son born to you, You and Bathsheba, that son born to you, will die. Now let me ask you, what is the fault of the child? What did the child do? Nothing. But God already warned the Israelites in Deuteronomy. You shall not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting... The iniquity of the fathers. Iniquity of the father. The sin of the father. On whom? On the children. Who was it that sinned? David. The consequence was the life of the child. Consequence. Saul's payment. He lost the kingdom. Solomon's payment. He lost the kingdom. David. Lost his firstborn son. What happened? What happened to the rest of David's family? Ammon. David's firstborn. Absalom killed him after he raped Absalom's full sister Tamar. Absalom. Okay. His sister Tamar was raped by Amnon. Kiliab or Daniel, second son. He probably died young since there was no record of his life. Absalom, the third son of David, he slept with David's concubines in plain sight of Israel. He was killed by Joab after he mounted the rebellion against his aging father, King David. Your son rebelling against you to take the kingdom away from you. So what happened? Joab, his general, killed Absalom. Adonijah, the fourth son of David, he made a play for the throne after the death of David. What happened? Solomon had him killed. The payment that they had to pay as the consequence of their sin. A king's ransom. They wanted the king, they got a king. Only David is referred to in the Bible as a man after God's own heart. When he was held accountable, guilty as charges. you know my friends this cross represents a ransom not only a king's ransom this cross represents the king's ransom Jesus Christ King of Kings Lord of Lords paid a ransom a ransom is a payment that is paid to someone else For the release of the captive. Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, paid a ransom to release you and me. How do I know this? He himself tells us. It is not this way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall first be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. We always want to be first. We don't want the leftovers. But in God's economy, you want to be first? You be that. You want to be a leader? First be a follower. You want to be a king? First be a servant. Jesus modeled this for us. It says right there, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You see, a king wants to be served. Yes? Cafe! Lichon! This king, this king of ours did not come to be served he came to serve and the ultimate service to God the Father was to give his life as a ransom a payment for me this is the king's ransom my friend he died so that we could be set free He is the ransom. The payment that God the Father accepted so that we could be set free. We are all sinners, the Bible tells us. We are not righteous before God, the Bible tells us. But because of what Jesus Christ has done, He paid the King's ransom, we have the righteousness that comes from Him. Not a righteousness of our own, but one that is imparted to us by God's grace my chains are gone I've been set free are you set free? Jesus Christ paid the ransom for your life so that you can spend eternity with God the Father notwithstanding our sin Paul the writer of Acts tells us therefore let it be known to you brethren brethren That through Him, Jesus Christ, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And through Him, everyone who believes is freed from all things from which you could not be freed through the law of Moses. The law of Moses brought religion, a set of do's and don'ts, in order that you will look to the coming Messiah. Because the law of Moses cannot be completely followed. It cannot be complied with, obeyed with one hundred percent. So God sent his one and only son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King, ransom, to sacrifice, to pay the price we could not pay, so that we should be set free. That's why the writer of the Acts of the Apostles tells us, I proclaim to you that forgiveness is in the cross of Jesus Christ. That through him everyone who believes is freed from all things from which you could not be freed from the law of Moses. Relationship brings freedom. Religion oftentimes brings you to bad things. Religion says do. The cross of Jesus Christ says, done. It is finished. Who is your king? Are you like King Saul, Proud? Are you like King Solomon? A divided heart? Or would you like to be like King David? A man after God's own heart. That when he is held accountable... He will say, yes Lord I have sinned against you. Thank you for your cross. You see my friends on the cross, justice mercy and grace met for the first time. It is only through the cross of Jesus Christ that you and I who are held captive because of our sin can be set free.
1: Unless and
0: until you have experienced the Jesus Christ of the Bible, you will remain in bondage. Because you have not accepted the King's ransom for your soul. You have rejected the King's ransom for your life. But all is not lost. Because last time I checked, we are still alive. And God gives me the opportunity to repent. To come to Him in faith. Faith? Yes. Because look at it again. And through Him, everyone who believes, that is an act of faith. Everyone who believes is free from all things. From which you could not be free from the law of Moses my friends this morning my question to all of us who is our king if we say Jesus Christ is our king it only means that we should be following him we cannot say Jesus is king and do what we want notwithstanding that it is against what our king tells us to do or not to do if Jesus is our king, and he tells us, "In so, this is what I want you to do." And I do not do it. Am I sinning against my king? Yes. If my king Jesus tells me, "In so, this is what you are not supposed to do," and I do it, am I sinning against my king? Yes. Sin of omission or sin of commission. <coughs> Both sins against my king my worst sin is this if I call Jesus Christ my king and I am not willing to follow him I keep on saying Jesus Christ is my king Jesus Christ is my lord but my life does not follow him I am of all liars the worst because with my mouth I say Jesus is king But with my life I say, I am the king. Where are you this morning? Spiritually. Is Jesus Christ your king? Have you followed Acts 13, 38? 38, chapter 19. 38, verse 19, 39? Therefore, everyone who believes is free. He whom the Son sets free is what? Free indeed. Are you free? I have good news for you. All you need to do is come to the cross. Say, Jesus, I have sinned. And you know what? You know what Jesus is going to do? He's going to forgive you. You know what else Jesus is going to do? He's going to give you a clean slate. Because First John chapter 1 verse 9 says this. If. If. You confess your sins. He. Is faithful and just. To forgive you of your sins. And cleanse you. From all unrighteousness. My friends this morning. We are celebrating the Lord's table. We are commemorating the passion, death, and resurrection of the King of kings and Lord of Lords. If you are here this morning and you have a relationship with Jesus, please partake with us. If you are not sure, you have the chance to be sure. Follow what it says in Acts 13. Believe. Believe on Jesus Christ and you will be set free. If you're here this morning and you proclaim Jesus Christ as King, but you are holding on to a certain sin that you do not like to give up, may I suggest to you, inhibit yourself. I'm not preventing you. I'm encouraging you, challenging you to think. Why? Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Bible tells us that there were certain people who partook of the Lord's table in an unworthy manner and some of them died physically. The Lord's table is serious business. Let us not play around with the commemoration of the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches us that these are just elements. This does not literally become the blood and body of Jesus Christ. These are symbols the juice represents the blood of Jesus Christ. Why? Without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness. The bread represents the body of Jesus. Why? He Himself bore our sins on His body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live for righteousness, for by His wounds we have been healed. My friends, I invite you to come, come forward. Take a cup of juice. Take a piece of bread. Hold on to it and we will partake together. Come. Let's partake of the Lord's table this morning. If you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, come. Declare Him to be the King of kings and Lord of lords. And let Him be the Lord of your life. As the people are lining up, and you're still seated waiting for your turn, be in an attitude of prayer. And ask the Lord,
1: God, will you reveal
0: any sin that is in my life, that I might turn it over to you, that I might confess. Whatever it is, Lord God, will you please show it to me? Because I don't want to play around with you. I want to be serious in my walk with you. You are my God, you are my King. You are my Savior, you are my Lord. stairs, can you please make sure that you have the elements as well? prayed we took bread, gave thanks and broke it and said this is my body which will be given up for you do this in remembrance of me let's pray God we thank you for sending your one and only son Jesus Christ to take the form a human form a bond servant who became obedient even to the point of death even death on the cross Jesus, we want to thank you for going to the cross and carrying our sins. And because you nailed them to the cross, Lord God, because you died in our place, we who have been captive to our sin have been set free. We thank you for paying the ransom for our freedom. We thank you, Lord God, we remember you. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's partake of the bread. Taking the cup he gave thanks and said this is the cup of my blood the new covenant in my blood which will be shed for the remission of sins do this in memory of me Lord Jesus we remember we reflect and we respond to your love by partaking of this juice that represents your blood. The Bible tells us that without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sins. Thank you Lord Jesus for shedding your unblemished blood for our blemished lives. Thank you that though our sins are like scarlet you have washed them white as snow. Thank you for freely giving up your life for us. Thank you for shedding your blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Make your cross a determined, a warning that we should not love to commit sin against you. That each and every sin is like a slap in your face rejecting what you have done for us in the cross. Allow us, Lord God, when we are tempted to remember your shed blood that we would not make that decision to disobey you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for dying in our place, for paying the ransom that we should have paid. Thank you, Lord God, for your blood. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's partake together. Let's close our time in prayer. God Almighty, thank you. Thank you for the King's ransom. The ransom of Jesus Christ's life so that we who are sinners could be set free. Thank you that only through Jesus Christ do we have the security of eternal life. God allow us Lord by your Holy Spirit to live a life that will be pleasing to you so that as we reflect the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives the people around us We'll see that we are different. That we have a God. Whom we love. That we have a God. Whom we follow. That we have a God. Who is full of grace. God allow us. To love you more. As we reflect. On what Jesus Christ. Has done for us. And as we go our separate ways. Lord God. Just remind us. Of your love. Your mercy. And your grace. That all men at the cross of Jesus Christ. Dismiss us, Lord, with your blessing. In Jesus' name, we